Thank you for seeing me, Dr. Violet. Of course, Artie. What seems to be the problem? I've been suffering all morning, and I need your help. I see. Are we talking about a headache, nausea, irritation? Oh, yeah. A lot of that. Which one? All of them. Who's there? Bananas. Where would you like them? Um, over there will be fine. You got it. So, you were saying, headache, nausea, um, do you think it was something you ate? Oh, I know it isn't that. How do you know? Who's there? Bananas. Want them over there? More bananas? Why? I couldn't tell you. I just delivered them. Um, for someone who thinks they aren't sick because of something they ate, you sure do eat a lot of bananas. Those aren't mine. Here we go again. Yes. Bananas! I'll just put them over here. Have a good day! You know, I think I might be understanding why you're feeling irritated. Took you long enough. He's been doing this since I got here. What is it this time? This had better not be more bananas. Nope. Oranges! Aren't you glad I didn't say bananas? <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll write you up a prescription. What are you giving me, Doc? At least one half an hour of radio programs. That should at least give you some peace. You're a hero. Seriously. We better get started. He seems to have gone chronic. Good idea. Knock, knock. That does it. I don't want to hear any more jokes, Destin. Aw, come on, Artie. They're funny. You guys laughed at them before. Yeah, maybe the first 17 of them. Why else do you think we started listening to the radio? I just figured you were giving me time to look up more in my joke book. Yeah, no. Hey, kids, what's up today? Oh, Mr. Jacobs, thank goodness. <laughs> Save us. Save? What seems to be the problem, Violet? They don't think the jokes in the book you gave me are funny. Aha! So you're to blame. <laughs> it would appear so. And it's not just a book of jokes, it's knock-knock jokes. The worst. What do you mean? I like them. They just don't make any sense. I've never heard of anyone calling out, who's there, when someone knocks on their door. Who does that? Why not just open the door and find out, you weirdo? I hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah, you're right. It's a joke, guys. It's funny. It doesn't have to make a whole lot of sense. You know, you don't have to open the door to see who's knocking on it. They have those cameras that send the video to your phone so you can tell who's at your door. Oh yeah, I saw videos of that online. Guys. But aren't those cameras built into doorbells? Some of them, yeah. Just another reason the knock-knock jokes don't make any sense. Why knock when there's a doorbell right next to you? <sighs> I think they've missed the point, Mr. Jacobs. I think you're right, Destin. Want to listen to the radio while they unlock the mysteries of the universe? That sounds like a good idea. Okay, but what if someone was wearing a mask? You wouldn't be able to tell who it was on your camera. And how would that be any different than seeing them in person, Artie? Mm, good point. Are you guys still talking about knock-knock jokes? Nah, we've moved on, Dustin. Violet and I are trying to figure out the best way to know who is really at your door. Besides, you know, talking to them. <laughs> Interesting challenge. It's not as easy as you might think. What do you mean, Mr. Jacobs? I was just thinking that it's hard to tell who anyone really is at a glance. I don't know. I can tell who you are just by looking at you. You're Mr. Jacobs. That's Violet, he's Destin, and I'm Artie. Not that hard. Maybe not, Artie. 
But knowing who someone is is a little more than just knowing what they look like. It is? Sure. A lot of the time, we just see the outside of a person and think that's all there is to see. Like it says in verses like 1 Samuel 16, 7. But each of us is a different person with things they like, things they don't, memories, and fears. If you really want to know who a person is, you've got to spend some time with them. And they have to let us see what they are really like. Um, okay. But we were talking about seeing who was at our door. Not what kind of person they are, Mr. Jacobs. I know, but I thought it was an interesting way to look at it all. Yeah, I guess that's the whole reason we would want to know who's at our door, to see if it's someone we know and can trust. That's true. Are you all right, Destin? You look a little confused. I was just thinking about how hard it is to know what someone is really like, and then I realized I didn't even know if I knew what I'm like. That's ridiculous. How can you not know what you're like? Who else would know? I don't know, Artie. It's not always easy to know who we are. There are lots of stories about people who go out into the world to find out who they are. Yeah, I've seen those movies. I never bought into it, though. You are you. Plain and simple. It might seem simple to us, Artie. But Violet's right. Sometimes it's difficult to tell what God was thinking when he made us the way he did. And I might just have a script about it. I'll be right back. And now, from the garage of Lionel Jacobs comes the wonderful drama, The Wayward Car, an adapted biblical teaching about identity. Once upon a time, there was a car. I'm sure you figured that out from the title of the story. Right. This car was very special, for she had been designed by none other than the world-renowned engineering genius, Benjamin Monaco. Just a moment, I have a cameo. Welcome to my motor shop. Feel free to look around, try out the cars for size, just don't smudge the glass. I had it specially imported from Corning. He was very proud of the cars he had designed, and the car in our story was one of his favorites. Every car I make is a work of art, and each has a glorious purpose. Ooh, a purpose. Wow, I wonder what that might be. And so the car drove out of the motor shop and went to find her purpose. The world is so big though, where do I even start looking? She drove miles and miles through valleys and mountain passes, looking for her purpose. Her wheels and engine handled the sharp curves and steep inclines with ease as she went on her way. It was so effortless for her that she barely noticed the difficulty of the terrain. Hey, look at that! Overhead, she caught sight of a jet rocketing through the sky. That's it! I was made to fly! I better catch up with him so he can give me some pointers. And so the car tore after the jet rather quickly, but still under the speed limit. Gotta set a good example after all. It wasn't long before she saw the jet land in an airfield. Timidly, she approached. Hello there, can I help you? Hi, yes, I would like to learn how to fly. I just know I was made for that. Um, okay, where are your wings? Well, I don't have any, but you don't need wings to fly, right? I suppose not, but it usually helps. Well, wings or no wings, I'm willing to give it my best. And so the jet took the car to the end of the runway. So I just go as fast as I can? 
Yep, then you just lift off the ground. That's how I do it anyway. The car wasted no time. She roared down the long path as fast as her mighty engine could take her. 88 miles per hour? Still not flying? Must go faster! And she did go faster. 100, 120, 140, 160! Look out! You're running out of runway! I don't get it! How fast do I have to go to fly? You're doing everything right as far as I could see. Maybe flying isn't your thing. No, let me try again. And she did try again, several times. And though she was coming close to setting land speed records, she just wouldn't fly. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe flying isn't your thing. And so the car went to find what was her thing. She tried being a boat, but the water swamped her engine and she had to get pulled out by a crane. She tried to be a snowmobile, but she got stuck in the drifts. Miles and miles she drove, looking for the one thing she was good at. But when she got home, she wasn't any closer to finding it. You're back. How was your trip? Awful. I'm not good at anything. You aren't? No. I can't fly, sail, cut down trees, jump snowdrifts, dig tunnels, or even lift myself out of the ocean. So you're telling me that you've driven from coast to coast up mountains, down valleys, through rough country roads and major highways, through hot and cold, rain and shine, without crashing. Aren't you thirsty? Thirsty? No, I'm not. I still have half a tank. What I am is frustrated. Why did you make me so useless? Because when I made you, I wasn't making a plane, a boat, a snowmobile, or even a skateboard. I was setting out to make the best car ever. A car that can climb mountains and not even notice. A car that can drive across the country and back again on half a tank of gas. A car that can go so fast that if it had wings, it would lift off the ground. You can do all sorts of things that no other thing can do. And it comes naturally because that's how I made you. The moral is that sometimes we think that God made a mistake when he made us. But this is never the case. Each one of us is made by him to do amazing things. It can be tempting to think that we don't belong or aren't good enough for God to use. But when we serve him and live the way he meant for us to live, we will discover exactly who we were meant to be. Whoa, looks like I've got a garage full of thinking kids. We're just thinking about the story about the car and all the other stuff we've been talking about today. Sounds like a pretty big list of topics. Yeah, and I have a question for you, Mr. Jacobs. All right, Hardy. You said that the moral of the car story was that if we live the way God means for us to live, then we will find out who we are supposed to be. Right. What in the world is that supposed to mean? Yeah, that's something that didn't make sense to me either. Can you explain that a little more? I'll see if I can, Pilot. To start things off, God has made us to be what is called his image bearers. Um, Mr. Jacobs, when you are explaining something, it helps to make the explanation make more sense than the confusing part. <laughs> what I mean, Dustin, is when God made humans in Genesis 1, he wanted us to represent him on Earth kind of like a police officer is supposed to represent the law. 
This is a big responsibility, but it also makes everyone very important. No one in the world is less important because we are all God's creations. Okay, that makes more sense. Another thing we're meant to be is God's servants. 2 Corinthians 6 talks about how when we are Christians, we're supposed to be kind, patient, loving, truthful, and all sorts of other things. When we serve God, we always have work to do. And though it might not seem important, it's what God made us for, like it says in Ephesians 2.10. I can think of something else we are made to be. What's that? God's kids. Doesn't the Bible talk about us being God's children or something? It does in several places. Because of Jesus' gift of dying on the cross for us, we have every right to become part of his family. And when God's your dad, you don't have to be afraid of anything. You always are welcome. That's pretty cool. It is. But is that all God wants me to be? What about when I grow up? Am I not supposed to get a cool job or do cool things? Don't worry, Violet. I think God's got amazing plans for you. We all have been made to do different things with talents, skills, and abilities that make us unique. And as long as we let him, God will use us in amazing ways. Yeah, like making people laugh by telling jokes. Ugh, or maybe not? Yeah, I'd better go, Mr. Jacobs. I think I hear my mom calling. At least I hope I do. Yeah, me too. See you around. Bye, guys. My jokes aren't that bad, are they, Mr. Jacobs? I don't think so, Destin. Why don't you read them off to me? Okay, I'll turn off the radio first, though. Sounds good to me.